Just a couple of boys who can't take a shit. It's Daddy and Grayson. Paid it. The Carpenter Rants. Hey everybody, welcome to TCR. Three nobodies talking about the masterworks of the horror film genre, and we're those nobodies. I'm Caleb. I'm Doug. Oh, Kendall. <laughs> hey, it's another episode of Cult of Rantinality. Uh, that's right. We're talking uh, cult films um, all April long. And uh, if you're just joining us, uh, we started off with a little film called Faults. Uh, last week, we followed up with a little film called Hereditary. And this week, another mm-hmm. little film called Mandy. Um, you know what I'm, you know what I like so far about this month is that all three films have been, uh, relatively one word titles. <laughs> oh yeah. I didn't even think about that. Um, and also just relatively small movies. Uh, they're all, you know, so far haven't been like, you know, huge, uh, endeavors. So thought that was kind of Has there neat. been a huge summer blockbuster movie about a cult? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Michael Bay's uh, <laughs> Transformers for Six. That fucking Tom Cruise is in. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, that technically counts. That's why Shut could be considered, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I was a big summer blockbuster. Possibly, though. I think that lost money. Yeah, I mean it was a big movie with a lot of money behind it. That's true. It was a studio picture. Um. Yeah, I guess technically. Um, any Tom Cruise movie would have fit in here. We could have watched Cocktail. Because he he I met someone who introduced him to Scientology on the set of Cocktails. So that's where everything went. <gasps> that's the genesis point, if you will. <gasps> With Phil Collins? <laughs> yes. When Tom Cruise was in Genesis, he quit Genesis to make the movie uh, Cocktail. He quit when Peter Gabriel quit. That's right. He was like, I am not doing this without you, man. <laughs> and that laugh that he does. You're my number one <laughs> guy. <laughs> oh. Since when you were doing that, it reminded me of the Joker. So I, I, I was like, I don't know why that Batman about reference Batman. happened. Speaking of Batman, Mandy. Um... Yes, that's right. Tonight we are talking about a movie called Mandy. I'll tell you this. I've heard a lot about this movie. People have been talking about this movie since it came out. Um, And to their credit, um, nobody has really given away what the movie is about. Although I don't know if you could really... I don't know if you you could really spoil this in a a one sentence... uh, (laughs) You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, I was, I knew a lot about this movie. In one sentence, you know what I mean? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, uh, I knew a lot about this, but nothing about like the context or the content of the movie. I just knew, 
a lot of word of mouth about Mandy. Um, and so this is my first time viewing. I believe Doug's never seen it before also. Mm-hmm. Kendall, this is like your fifth or sixth time. This is my second time seeing okay. this. Okay. And, and I've got, I've got some stuff to say. I do too. I took quite a lot of notes. Um, but before we can do any of that, uh, Doug, I'm going to need some fat deets. Hi. Well, sir, uh, this here film came out September 14th, 2018. And directed by Panos Cosmatos. I guess that's how you say his name. I think you're saying it right. Uh, screen, screen, uh, screenplay by same gentleman and Aaron Stewart on. I know I didn't say that right. <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. With a budget of $6 million and a return of $1.4 million. Yeah. I don't know that extremely this, limited release. I was about to say I, I don't I don't know this that this made it into a ton of multiplexes, um, and even if it did, I don't know if this is the uh, family uh, you know summer blockbuster um, that's going to get a lot of uh, movie theater dollars. Uh, streaming on Shutter, which is where I watched it, uh, and I believe they have the exclusive rights to it. It's been on there for a while. I've been meaning to watch mm-hmm. it, but now I had the perfect excuse. So let's get into Mandy. What? Um, super grainy, uh, like seventies aesthetic, which I dug. Um, throughout the entire course of the movie with the exception of one scene that feels like it's in a completely different movie than the rest of the movie. Um, and it is what I noted uh, to be really what I thought the only gratuitous uh, Nicolas Cage scene. Um, overly gratuitous. Uh, and that was the bathroom scene. Uh, just looks like it belongs in a completely different movie. Um and that's later, but just the rest of the movie has this exact same look and feel. Um, but I have thoughts about the bathroom scene. Uh, we meet uh, Nick Cage. Don't know his character's name. I refer to him as Nick uh, throughout my notes. Same. He's credited as Red. Mm. But is that ever um, spoken? I, w- I was trying to remember if maybe his friend that he meets up with later like mumbled his name somewhere, but I, I couldn't pick it up. Or is it the fact that he's covered in blood later? Maybe he's given it. It's red Miller is what he's credited. Oh, he's got a, all right. It's Miller time, but I never um, heard his name actually uttered. So I, I called him Nick in my notes. Yeah, I did too. Well, come on, <coughs> he's, Nick. Uh, he's Nick. When we meet him, he's lumberjacking. It's hard to hear anyone in this movie because every single person whispered their dialogue throughout the entire fucking film. The movie is, um, the movie is very quiet. Um, there's a few moments 
where people are yelling, but the rest of the movie um, is very quiet. And also, a lot of times when people are talking, they're on drugs, and so their talking is then distorted. Um, and so some dialogue got lost for me there as well. Um, Boy, that gets a lot more annoying than I remember it getting. I mean, I didn't have a problem with it. I I was watching this, and my son was asleep, and my wife was at the store, so I was really laser-focused. Uh, but then my wife came home and was just, like, talking to me during, like, the last 20 minutes of it, and I was like, hey, I, I don't know if you see this chainsaw fight happening, but I'm going to need you to hang on a second because uh, it's getting good. Um, anyway, um, yeah, uh, he's lumberjacking, and it's the 1980s. Um, and 83 to be exact. Yeah. 1983. Um, and, uh, red, I guess his name is comes home. Um, and, uh, you get like the first interaction with, uh, he and his, uh, partner, his wife. I don't know if they're married or not. Um, not that it matters, but uh well this is the 80s so if they're not married it's sinful um and uh you know you just get like a series of of scenes with them um but I, you know i like all this i like um this movie is really uh paced and so it takes its time um and you spend the first 15 minutes or so just hanging out with red and mandy um, and she's like a, you know, she's like a weird artist and, uh, you know, um, they got weird pillow talk about planets and stuff, like which are their favorite and whatnot. Um, she's just really far out, man. Yeah, she is. She's a far out babe. And, uh, she, she got one eye that's bigger than the other. She does. She's got a gnarly she, scar. She does. That bothered the <laughs> fuck out of me. Um, she did. It serves a really dumb purpose. What? Sorry. The one eye bigger than the other. Does it serve any purpose? I think so. We'll get to it though. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, there's just a series of scenes of them. Um, she tells that story about like, um, well, first they go camping and she finds that dead baby deer. And I don't know if that was real or a dream. Seemed real. Um, it upset her really badly. It did, and then she tells that story about the starlings that her dad keep, makes them all kill. Um, and then, uh, and then she goes for uh, she goes for a walk in the woods, and that's where she crosses paths paths um, with uh, a van just full of what I wrote down as obvious creeps. <laughs> oh, sees they're everywhere. Oof. Uh, this is a creeper deluxe mobile. <laughs> um, just and uh, I guess this typical is typical uh, white van owners. Yeah, you, you know, they're in a cult, but they also might all be cousins that are having sex with each other, or at the very least, they are the results of cousin love. Uh, <laughs> Just another result of cousin love. All right, you guys can it's bank a cousin that one. Cult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
they get like a they get like a title card, so I guess they're called the Children of the New Dawn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we meet Jeremiah, aka Thomas Wayne from Batman Begins. Uh which I was the like for ten minutes I'm like, man, I know who this guy is. And then I remembered it's Thomas Wayne. So then you really get to know him. Yeah, I, ladies and gentlemen, I've seen Thomas Wayne's dick. <laughs> I saw the dick that made Batman. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Um, That's where we get the first bit of uh, culty talk. Yeah, for sure. He's uh, his name's Jeremiah. Just definite cult name, um, and uh, he's laying in his bed and he's all upset because he's haunted by the woman that he saw Mandy uh, tells uh, this other lady that he feels naked without her and he needs her Um, he wants to get her in that cousin cult for sure Um, and you get some of this language here that I noted uh, that we talked about in faults as well uh where he asks uh, this woman if she's with him, if you're not with me, you will not ascend. Um, and we get a good look at how Jeremiah controls, uh, you know, the members of the cult. With his uh, ocarina. <laughs> well, look, I like when any satanic item is introduced in the film, there's a flashing green light. That's like, by the way, this is demonic. You should you please pay attention to the Satan flute. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and say mm. my second viewing of this movie was, I was so annoyed by this movie and Why? all this stuff like that. I don't just all those little things, the, the things that just got so old, like the affected audio, the green flashing lights, the red and the purple. I don't, I don't, it just got on my nerves this time. Mm. I don't know why it was so annoying. I'm the one who recommended this movie. Oh well. I still I still like this movie, but that stuff got so fucking annoying. No, I thought it was fun. Um No, it did. Didn't bother <laughs> me at all. Uh we get uh we meet this other gentleman whose name I don't know, but he tells him he hands him a flute. Him buddy at some point, buddy. right? Yeah. But they're all all their names are like brother something. <laughs> brother. Uh he gives him the assignment to uh, bring him that woman. Um, and then there's an interaction with like the older lady and Mandy at the shop, which is like super creepy. And then uh, Buddy goes out and blows his wacky flute in the woods. Oh, well, uh, another thing I picked up on that I, don't, I didn't notice first time I saw this. Uh, they live at Crystal Lake. Yes, they do. And he's a real. <laughs> that was the sound of the devil flute. Um, he blows this devil flute out in the woods, and then um, some dudes show up on some tricked out Satan ATVs. Um, and he gives them a jar of preserves to drink that they made <laughs> at the cult house. Um, and, uh, these guys are, 
I think it's said in dialogue later that they're people, but they definitely are very monster-like. They're people, but they're, oh they're so whacked out on the drugs they make. and Yeah, fucking Bill hell. Duke shows up later, spoilers, and he's like, they're people, but they're just fucked up. Because <laughs> um, yeah. for a minute I was like, oh, okay, so there's like, this is a real cult because they they're in touch with the demons that live in the woods and ride their ATVs. Um, I have questions about, I have questions about the demon men later, um, but I'll save it for later. (laughs) Um, so, uh, an agreement is struck up here. One of the, one of the, uh, one of the X games guys says blood for blood. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) so they've struck some satanic deal in the woods. As you do. Um, I'd like to think that Nick Cage's tiger shirt was just his. And he wore it to work that day. And he was like, this is what I'm wearing in the film. <laughs> they were like, alright, whatever. Because, <laughs> I mean, this is the kind of wacky shit that he wears. Um, alright, so uh, the abduction scene happens here. So you get this like strobe light uh, scene in the bedroom. Upsetting. Oh, uh, yeah, I like it a lot because it's scary, but it also protects uh, like the costumes of these guys so you don't ever really get a good look at them. Um, makes them seem more demonic um, or monster-esque. Um, there's also the scene... Uh, they also... It was said in dialogue. I didn't really understand what the payment was, but they also gave like the uh, overweight gentleman to the demons as well. Um, and there's a scene mm-hmm. where somebody grabs his face from bef- behind and just like drags him off into the darkness. It was pretty rad. Apparently they're cannibals, so they paid him and the fat dude so they can eat him. Yes. Um, nice. do what now? That ain't nice. No, it's not. So, I thought you said that was nice. Yeah. Um, well, they take Mandy back to their wherever. Um, or I guess they're in their house. I don't, I got really lost in this. <laughs> they're in their house. Okay, they're so they're still in their house. house. They got her tied up. They give her some drugs, and she gets stung with some sort of gigantic bug. I don't know what that was. Some sort of LSD wasp. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so here is the purpose for her big eye. So these people are hopped up on LSD. Mm-hmm. She dropped LSD. She put like a dropper of LSD in her eye. Yeah. And then her eyes matched. So that was just to show her like I was fucking zooted and just <laughs> real big and oh. that she was high on whatever this was. Pretty oh, sure. I mean, I knew it was LSD, right? Yeah. Um, well, okay. So she, they take her into. <laughs> They take her into the living room where everybody's tripping balls, and then Jeremiah shows up, and basically it's the scene from The Office where they play Take Take Me By The Hand, Made Me A Man. <laughs> he, <laughs> he puts his own record on for everybody to dance to. That just takes his dick out. I mean, just, you want to see the dick I had when I wrote that song? It's the same dick <laughs> I got right now. <laughs> All this was a super over-elaborate ploy to fucking sell his shitty record. Yeah. (laughs) Look, cult members or cult leaders or these fucking psychos, they're always like failed artists or like shitty artists. They weren't any good. 
And then they always have the same story. They're like, I turns out my existence was greater than being famous. <clears throat> I have a direct link to the I got front row tickets to the X Games <laughs> for my extreme Satan. Um yeah, uh and so basically uh he gives her his whole fucking cult spiel. Um pulls it out and then he's like, "All right, now you can have me." Um and then she just like makes fun of his fucking terrible song and laughs at him. Uh Ladies, we do not laugh at a man with his penis out. <laughs> we can't do it. We just can't. And he like um, angrily starts jerking off at her. Yeah, he was like, "Don't you don't you laugh at this?" And then I imagined uh you know, <laughs> that's that probably happens. Um, which I don't know, like, that's not an intimidating stance to be in. You're just like, man, you're just like tugging your little prick, but that's not gonna, that's not gonna tugging teach anybody. Tugging your little prick. <laughs> tugging your little prick. Man, don't laugh at me. Don't I look serious now? Um, so anyway, uh, they, um, you know, he freaks out, he gets angry. Um, and then, uh, uh, we see Nick Cage tied up with barbed wire, which yikes, that looks painful. Um, and, uh, they, uh, there's a Russian roulette scene here with one of the cult members just to show off like how loyal they are to the cult. Um, uh, the whole point is, is like, you think you and your wife are in love. This is real love. And then this chick, like, you know, very Manson family. Very much. fearless. She is fearless. Um, they pull out another demonic weapon. They stab uh, Nick with it, and then uh, they talk about how the cleansing power of fire cannot be reasoned with. And then they burn uh, Mandy in a sleeping bag right there in front of Nick, uh, which is a pretty upsetting that moment. That was brutal. Yeah, it was hard to watch. Um, uh, and they're like, so I think at that point she was dead already, mm. but they, uh, one of like these henchmen is like just toying with her, like yeah. shaking the rope around so she's like wriggling. Yes. And they're all just like laughing and smiling. It's so unnerving. Yeah, this movie's not in a hurry to get through things, especially if they're uncomfortable. So like this goes on for a while and it's just like really brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So after they've, after they've left, uh, he's onto it. About was that chitter goblin thing? I thought it was a monster in the movie. I thought it was a bigger part of the fucking movie. I did. And it's literally there for 10 seconds. I look, I'm not kidding. And I didn't even think it was all that great. So I was like, I love it. Blow up. I love it. And there's like a whole portion in the credits for it. I love it too. Oh, was there? Mm hmm. But, um, what I was expecting was, and I'm not kidding, as I watched the movie, as he goes on his mission, I was expecting him to, like, die at some point, and then go to hell, and then, like, meet the Cheddar Goblin for real, and then, like, come back to life with the magic Cheddar Goblins. I I really thought that, I thought he saw it, and I thought we were going to see some sort of vision of it later, 
um, that would help him overcome uh, or something, or he would sell his soul to no, the Cheddar Goblin. No, he just stopped to watch TV. Um, and this is where the bathroom scene happens. Now, this scene, it doesn't, it's not lit like the rest of the movie. It doesn't look like the rest of the movie. To me, this was like, Nick Cage was like, look, I don't have a lot of dialogue. I need one scene where I get to fucking Nick the fuck Cage out. And they were just like, whatever. Um, (laughs) and he does, and it's gratuitous. And, uh, and honestly, we could have gone straight from Cheddar Goblin to Meet and Build Duke because I don't really think we needed the bathroom scene, but it, it's in there. I love the bathroom scene. Oh, uh, the bathroom scene is I, my biggest problem with it is that it like the whole rest of the movie is so grainy and dark and and this thing is so brightly lit and it looks like he's on the set of a sitcom. Like it's just like, <laughs> well, that all is supposed to represent reality setting into the situation. I guess he knows that um, his partner's fucking gone. His whole life is fucked up now. But uh, I, I fast forward through that part because it's, you know the reason. It's not. I I think it. It just doesn't fit in with the rest of the movie. It's so weird. I get what's being conveyed, but feels like it belongs in a different movie. Um, he goes out to this fucking trailer where fucking, uh, uh, Bill Duke lives. And I was just like, yo, that's my fucking man. Um, picking up his crossbow, which he named the Reaper. Um, I'm guessing he's some sort of Vietnam vet. Uh, some sort of special ops business. Cause he's a, he's a real, he's tough, a predator vet. Yeah. He's a real tough character. So- I never heard his name uttered either, but he's credited as Carruthers. Interesting. Yeah, sure. Um, I, you know, I'm fine with that because a lot of times, uh, in movies, a lot of times in movie dialogue, I'm always irritated when they like force a name in there. And I'm like, I don't always say you guys names when I see you. I'm not just like, hello, Kendall. Hi, Kendall. How are you, Kendall? Um, like, you know your name, and I know your name, and we both are aware of that information. So, sometimes in a movie, it's uh, I kind of like when the characters have names, but they don't say them because they know each other so well. It's always like, how come adult siblings refer to each other just once in a movie as bro or sis? Like, hey, big bro. Uh, and then for the rest of the movie, they never call each other that again. That's just for us to know, but we didn't need that to happen. Um, y'all hear this dog tearing it up back here? No, she is dropping them. Just oh, <laughs> farting. Okay, <laughs> yes, it's 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 nuts. Um, Ooh. all right, so he gives uh Nick some bolts that, for the crossbow that he made that'll cut through bone. Um, and then they exchange uh their stories, and, and Nick kind of tells him about this crazy evil cult that came by and took Mandy, killed her. Um, and then Carruthers tells him about, you know, this fucking weird shit out in the woods. And that's where he talks about the LSD that just fucked their brains up. Um, and basically, uh, you know, they're rabid animals and, you know, if you go after them, you're probably not going to survive. 
and then we and then uh, he forges some sort of fucking epic battle axe, uh, which I'm. <laughs> I'm a big sucker for a movie that's like, hang on, we gotta forge our weapon real fast. Like it's just like two minutes, and it's always the exact same scene: sweaty man, hammer, ting. They put it in the fucking fire, and then they stick it in some water to like steam it. It's it every time, every forge scene is the exact same montage. Uh, but I love it every time. So this was no exception. I'm like, I'm just like, yeah, this is men building weapons to kill. <laughs> I'm ready. Fun fact that was supposed to look like the F in the, the metal band Celtic frost. It looked like the F in their logo. Mm. Cause apparently he's a big fan of the, the guy who made it's a big fan of that band. Oh, okay. So if you're a big fan of first wave black metal, <laughs> There's a treat in store for you. There's a very specific well, Easter sense. egg in Mandy for you. Uh, the next, like the title card right after that forging scene is Mandy that's in that like. Yeah, Mandy, it looks like a black metal logo. Yeah, yeah. it does. Oh, um, and. Uh, I didn't re- I didn't realize and- that's what it was going on. I just thought it was a <laughs> hyper specific design for an axe, but that makes sense actually. Ahead, no, man. all the title cards were like they look like band logos. When they, they introduced the cult, it looked like a fucking uh, stoner rock band. Definitely. What were you gonna say, Kendall? What were you gonna say? Oh, I was saying uh, um, his buddy that he met up with um, told him that that like the the monster dudes were called the Black Skulls. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. I forgot they had and, a name. And he he miraculously knows where they can be found. Yeah, they're up near Spirit River. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, now Carruthers is the kind of guy that fucking knows a thing or two about a thing or two. You're, you're um, right. He and that bulldog have seen some shit out there. <laughs> I also like cute dogs in movies. Um. All right, so uh, this is where... This is where the this is where shit really starts to pop off. Um, Nick shoots one off of his bike with his crossbow, and then runs him over with his truck. Hits him so hard he flips the fucking truck, which was awesome. Um, but also stupid because he lost consciousness and he wakes up and he's been taken back to their, okay, now here's where I have a lot of questions about the demon black skull biker people. Um, they just live in a house. (laughs) (laughs) Like they have a, like what really normal people. I know, but they like talk all fucked up and they look, that one looked slimy. Like, I don't know what's going on. Um, but like what really fucked me up you was mean like, goopy leather daddy goopy leather daddy yes <laughs> gld um <laughs> what really bothered he looked like a really skinny like soggy bottom jason honestly um <laughs> um what really fucked me up about the living situation was that nick cage walks past the toilet and i'm like oh the demon's poop like <laughs> i just was how do they get those uh, cat boots off? <laughs> oh no! Um, they just shit in them. <laughs> he's right. <laughs> they don't use that toilet. They don't care. No. They just drink out of that toilet. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So <laughs> Nick wakes up 
handcuffed uh, to a pipe, but his other hand is nailed into the floor, which is rough. Um, he uh, break the pipe. The pipe is loose, so he's able to break it off and like smack the weird demon guy into what seems like some sort of bottomless pit. Um, rips the nail out of his hand, finds another one of these guys just snorting a giant table full of cocaine while watching pornography. So, I mean, he's having a party. Are we just not going to talk about the dead blood butt in the room that he walks by? What was that about? I don't know. So, dude had like a... um, I didn't even see that. Dude had like a blade hand? Yes. Think he's just like jabbing folks? I guess. I don't know. I thought maybe... I thought maybe he'd had sex with it, probably. And then jabbed it. I don't know. Yeah. It was kind of like... (laughs) It's kind of like that scene in The Shining where you look into the room and yeah. like the the butler and the fucking dog costume were just like, ooh, it's just a butt. It's the bloody butt hanging out. I didn't it even was like an elderly that. man. It's really quick. But yeah. there, was, there was a woman in the bed too, mm-hmm. dead. Mm-hmm. And then this elderly man just like bent over the bed with just a bloody ass. Yeah. <laughs> just a just a bloody ass. It's probably the people. Those people probably owned that house before mm. the those Ooh. those boogan folks took over. That's okay. a yeah. That's a good thought. Um, Storing them in there for for good eating. Yes. Good fucking. <laughs> Something. <laughs> um, there's a tussle uh, with this gentleman and Nick, and uh, it ends with. Uh, Nick Cage slicing his throat and getting covered in blood. Um, the one that fell in the pit, I fell in the pit. Uh, he comes back. Andy Dwyer shows up. Um, and uh, uh, Nick just fucking snaps his neck, fucking like eighties kung fu movie style. Just even like that hard zoom in on him when it happens. Uh, just, <laughs> this is what it reminded me of. Um, he finds his axe, he finds his crossbow, snorts a big mound of cocaine, cause why not? Uh, and then he finds this jar of old mayonnaise, which I guess is the, I guess that's the super LSD that he finds. Cause he puts I got a, problems with this. He yeah. puts a tiny little drop on his tongue and then has a Satan vision. What's your problem? He has zero context for this thing that looks like molded bacon grease in a pickle jar. Mm-hmm. Why would he think to even taste this? Well, you know, Carruthers told him that they make super drugs up there, so maybe he thought that was that. Or maybe he's like, I do enjoy the tangy zip of Miracle Whip. <laughs> he just wanted <laughs> to get him a little, a little devil, do you? Because um, oh, I mean, we've seen on screen, like when they they made that first exchange, homeboy took a gulp out of that goop jar, and mm-hmm. but Nick wasn't present for that. Look, I don't know why it would even cross his mind to. He's got dip off in there for a dollop. He's he's off. He's gone off the deep end now. He's got no reason not to just let me. What does this goop these demon bikers eat? Um, why not? Uh, 
as I mentioned, he has some sort of it's just an excuse to shoot that fucked up um, tripping scene. That's yeah, all where it his was. face melts and his and there's like weird... it's like fucking that part in Beavis and Butthead Do America where they eat those <laughs> yeah. uh, mushrooms in the desert. Yes, <laughs> and that Rob Zombie and White Zombie starts playing. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, the little known Beavis and Butthead connection to to Mandy um all right um uh, he goes outside he shoots another one in the neck seems to have no effect this thing just like pulls the bolt out of its neck it's just by the way he's also just standing there watching a car burn um <laughs> these guys know how to fucking rage on a Friday it's the night. only kind of fun that goes on in those parts I guess um, we've all been there that's true come on Frank's car caught on fire <laughs> um, so they have the, there's a fight here um, and then this one uh, this one actually talks and this like the others talk but it was hard to understand this one you could understand and he was telling him uh, she's still burning and talking about Mandy um, and uh, fucking Nick Cage freaks out uh, decapitates him, sets him on fire, and then decapitates him. But wait, there's more. Yes. Uh, picks up a cigarette and lights it off the burning head. <laughs> Which was red. Um, okay. Now, Elise was really... Elise was really talking too much during this next scene. So... <laughs> I need some help because I don't know what happened with the guy with the tiger in the cage. I don't either. Okay. I have no idea what happened. He's here. like a weapons dealer yeah. that I guess lives on their property. It's controlled by them. Okay. But he's not one of them. I take it because Nick Cage doesn't kill him. This, oh, like... Man. I know it's weird. Like the rest of the movie, I'm like, this is all, this all makes sense. But this scene, I was just like, who's this guy? And he imparts like some wisdom that I don't really, I don't like, I don't know. This well, scene like, was odd. In this entire scene, like Nick Cage utters no words at all. By this the guy way, is just reading from him that he's been hurt by the black skulls. By the way, and not a terrible thing. Nick Cage doesn't talk very much in this movie at all. Um, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I remember we talked about this with Daniel Harris in Hatchet 3, and everyone was like, man, she was a lot better in this one than the second one. And I'm like, she didn't say anything. <laughs> you just got to stand there and look crazy, and that's his default setting. Um, so, you know, he's just doing a lot of grunting and running around. And by the way, also in the shadows a lot. Like, you just, you know, he's not in as much of this movie as I, as I thought he was. I mean, he's in the big part of it, but... The first hour of it, he's just kind of there. Um, and then the second hour of it, he's just like in the shadows, not saying a whole lot. So, um, all right. So he, all right. So I don't know. The, the tiger gets set free. I don't even know if that is, I don't even know if, if that's supposed to be a real thing that happened. I don't either. Because he, he launches from that into this like hell pit animated dream thing should which point is a out, recurring thing yeah we should point out there's these like dream sequences that are all done 
in like animation, but I guess they're like in the style of like however Mandy would draw things because they they end up being like his dreams or whatever. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Um. All right, so he finds this underground tunnel, um, and that leads him out to, um. And that's where he finds like the little wooden church they've built. Um. He well, uh, he before before then he comes up on um Buddy and Lucy in yeah, the van. Yeah, I was just gonna say he flattens oh, their yeah he flatten he hides and flattens their tires. Uh, and then attacks them. Uh, and Buddy gets a end of that fucking axe in his mouth. Uh. Which was dope. <laughs> um, like, there's so much blood that, like, shoots out of his mouth in that moment. Um, and there have been little hints throughout, like, a lot of the stuff it's shown Lucy in that she she doesn't want to be here. And yeah. I, I think maybe she's freed in that moment. I think so, too, because we just don't really see her again. Um, good for her. Yeah, good for Lucy. Mm-hmm. Um somebody else catches an axe in the head. I don't remember who it was. Um, oh, he, he just fucking hurls he that. He launches that thing. Yeah. It was that mullet head, dude. Oh, the one who was like right. dangling his wife over the, or with the fire. Like, yeah. No, I thought that, I thought the one that was dangling his wife is the one he has a chainsaw fight with. Oh, you're the, right. The mullet was like the skinnier no, was, one uh, with that. It was, the, it was that other kid. Slack job. That other kid yeah. with the mullet. Yeah. They both uh, had mullets. Yeah. Well, when you're in a cult, you got to have had a long mullet. mullet. The other one had a short mullet. Yeah. Short mullet got the axe in the head. Yeah, long <laughs> mullet. Had, they had the chainsaw fight. By the way, he had the fucking extra long chainsaw from Hatchet. Um, I couldn't stop thinking about I was so excited. Like, first of all, I was excited when he found the chainsaw because I'm like, oh, he's a lumberjack. This is perfect. Um, and then I was like, when I saw the other chainsaw on the ground, I was like, oh shit, they're going to have a chainsaw fight. But then as he kept pulling the chainsaw into frame, the blade was longer and longer. And I was just like, yes. Um, they do have a chainsaw battle. Uh, this ends with, um, this ends with Nick Cage finding a chain wrapping it like throwing it like lassoing this guy's neck with it and then dragging him down and then he lands on the chainsaw and it just like blood fucking sprays everywhere man uh, i would have really loved to see him fall on that long because he falls on like the regular yes, old he falls chainsaw. on the regular I'd well, love you, to see him kendall you've seen a man get cut up with a long chainsaw before know. you've seen two men be straddling it and get cut up in half you you weren't gonna see Being it done better done than that. that, yeah. Thank the scout. I just I love to see it, man. <laughs> I want the bar is <laughs> high. My favorite thing. <laughs> the bar is set high, but I want somebody to go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be intimidated. All right. Um. <laughs> all right. Well, he wins the chainsaw battle. Obviously, he goes into the the this little tiny church. Um, and there's a hole in the ground. Uh, so, um, <laughs> he climbs down the hole. Um, 
he meets up with Jeremiah's like right hand lady, uh, whose name I don't remember. Um, but the lady with the white hair. Um, and so oh she, good. I really wanted to say the P word just then, but it didn't come out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Pringles. That's right. Um, well, she's like offering herself to Nick Cage and then we cut away from that only to see him find Jeremiah and just whip her decapitated head at him, which I loved. Um, and so you get the final like standoff with, uh, with Jeremiah where he's just like, you know, you can't kill me. I'm not afraid of you. God gave me my powers and blah, blah. You know, he's just like talking all this big shit. And then fucking uh, Nick Cage gets his hand around this guy's head. And then his immediate default is, man, I'll suck your dick if you let me go. Just like these pieces of shit that prey on people. Yeah. And just crumple to just cowardice, just pieces of shit. Yes. Um, Fuck you. You know, there's a great line about it. Um, there's a great line about it in it chapter one. Whenever, uh, uh, what's that? What was that deviant's name? Um, the bully. And he's like shooting. He's trying to get that other kid to hold a cat in place so he can shoot it. And his fucking drunk cop daddy shows up and like shoots bullets around his feet. And he like gets scared and pees mm-hmm. himself. And then he says something to the effect of like, uh, what does he say? Your your paper man crumples or something like that. Like I don't know. It was just great, but like this this is like the exact embodiment of that. He's like all hot shit uh, until Nick Cage gets a hold of him, and then he's just like literally like I'll suck your dick if you please don't kill me. <laughs> um, and then Nick Cage uh, gets his fucking like one liner in there. He says I'm your god now, and then just full on like Jason head squish. With an eyeball bulge out and fucking goo leaking out of Jeremiah's head. Loved it. Um, and then that's it. He's killed the, he's killed everyone in the cult. Even the fucking weird demon bikers. Uh, he leaves, he finds a car, he takes it. Um, and then he has a flashback, I guess, to the first time that he ever met, um, Mandy. Uh, and then he drives away and fucking like Jupiter's in the sky and like the church is on fire and all the Satanists are dead. But he's like still, he's fucked up on this. Oh yeah. Shit he's fucking he's loaded. loaded. Yeah. That's his facial expression. Well, um, you know, Carruthers so told smart. him that like those drugs are so fucked up that those people never got better. So I, maybe, right. maybe he'll but never But they liked better. it. Yeah, but they like yeah. That's how you knew they were evil because they were like, "This is bad, but I want more." So maybe he'll never be the same again. I imagine Kendall, uh, he's never gonna be the same again anyway. <laughs> um, it's a pretty brutal uh, uh, burning of his wife in front of him. Uh, that might stick with a feller, um, Nick Cage or otherwise. Um, and that's it. That's Mandy credits. Zero music with his credits, just silence. I thought there was like some sound going on. Am I wrong? For like 10 seconds and it drops out. And oh, does it out. really? Oh, I didn't mm-hmm. notice. Um, yeah. Uh, 
yeah, I don't know. This this movie this movie checked uh, most of my boxes. Uh, I, I liked it quite a bit, actually. I still really like this movie. I was just very annoyed by some really repetitive elements of it. Doug, but overall thoughts? Notice the first time around. Um, well, I, I wasn't going to watch it at first, but uh, I did anyway. And um, it was, at first, I was liking it. I really like that red, pink, and purple color scheme when shit goes down. I really loved it first. Yeah. But, man, that really got annoying after a while. And the green lights and um, just every – I was like, I get it. Everyone's on drugs. I got it. And then you throw in Nick Cage. It was This was hard to get through for me. I didn't like this at all. Man, I I'll never it. watch this again. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I figured you would have a much more scathing review, and you may be holding back. No, the 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 only reason I got through it is because Nick Cage is not in it a lot, and when he is, he doesn't say much. I just, I just that was, love... that was its only saving grace. It's a beautiful movie, and I understand what they're trying to say with it, but I think they get lost on the way. Just they're they're too focused on shooting the um, weird hallucination scenes and shit instead of getting the story across and um i don't know this was hard to get through well i didn't have a problem with that because i I feel like the story is like pretty basic revenge like once his once his wife is dead i i just no i get it watching him basic if they went with the basic revenge story this movie would have been 40 minutes long yeah but they had to focus on other shit that wasn't important i thought I feel you. I just, I, I really dug it. I liked the pacing of it. I liked the, like, I'm, I don't know. I thought this was, I thought this was red. It's a movie. <laughs> it's a bloody good time. Yeah. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Final, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, uh, it's on shutter. If you want, if you haven't checked it out, but I feel like everyone in the world had seen it besides us. Um, so the movie that everybody's been talking about for three years, you should check out if you hadn't already. Kendall, final thoughts. Let us know what you thought. I mean, yeah. Um, just aside from the annoying, bits that got really old to me that really it at some point it, was, it felt like the director thinking his audience is stupid it's like we yep. get it well he's also yep. he's also foreign no with a name like that i imagine he's a foreign gentleman uh, he also created Baldwin, so the credits say it was an idea based off of uh, the writer, director, whatever, yeah, something. I think he it gave I think us Cheddar Goblin. Come he did on. give us Cheddar Goblin. I think he's just. I think he's just more interested in his. Can I give it back? Than his, uh, than than other parts of the film. I don't know. It just. It felt like I was being called an idiot at some points. Like, come on. Very much so. Come on. All right, but, folks. Well. 
Uh, <laughs> Cult of Randonality is okay. wrapping up here. Um, and uh, we do have one more film, our series finale for this limited series. Um, limited. Limited. And uh, Doug wants to tell the fine folks what we are closing our series of cult films down with next week. Closing time. We're going to be closing this some bitch down with the classic Rosemary's Baby. Man, I haven't watched this. I don't know if I've ever seen it in its entirety. But what I, will I have, say, what I have seen, I haven't seen in, I mean, 20 years, 15, 20 years. It's been a while probably. for me, too. Yeah. I've seen this movie once, and I remember hating it so much when I saw it. So I'm excited to revisit it and, and learn see that, if maybe I like it. And learn that you love it. I hope so. Well, I hope it meets the high standards of Halloween 5 for you. That's always my concern. It's like, will Kendall like this as much as <laughs> the revenge of Michael Myers? Who's going to know? Um, I am always I am always tickled about uh, <laughs> what one of us likes and what the others don't like. Um, it's always fun to me. Because <laughs> it's almost never... <laughs> It's either like we all loved it, hereditary, but then the rest of these things usually break down to like one outlier, and it's and you'll I never you'll never know which way it's gonna go, but it always it's always so amusing to me. It's never like love, hate, thought it was all right. It's just like two likes and a hate or two hates and a like, like it's just, I love it. It's no, just, it's been, it's been three separate views before. Sometimes. I can't remember the movies right off, but I know it's, it's, it's happened. It would be rare. The problem is, <laughs> the problem is no matter how bad something we watch is, Kendall's going to find something positive about it. I wish I had that thought process. I go into every movie saying this is going to fucking suck. <laughs> Oh man, I never go into a movie like that unless I go into everything in life with that attitude. So. Un, unless it's something that I was yeah, like, I don't want to see this, and then somebody else is like, Nah, but let's just see it, and then and then I'm kind of like I did to Doug this week with Mandy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry, Doug. I really do appreciate you for. Uh, hey, I took one for the team. Through. Yeah. Thank you. The, Please don't ever pick a Nicolas Cage movie. Please. I won't. You have my word right now that I will never make you watch a Nicolas Cage movie. It, it, it worked out that, you know, he barely said anything in it. So it was. I I think it played it to, pretty, I think it played to his strengths. I think they were like, look, can you look insane? Being silent. But also not speak. And he was just like, I don't know. Um, he was like, where's the declaration of independence? They're like, it's in the bottom of that church. Just get down there. It's in that old man's bloody ass. No, yeah. <laughs> get the thing shot and let's get the fuck out of here. I'm more of an old man's bloody ass protector. Um, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's our guy. That's our guy, Nick. Um, I don't have God, quite, suck. <laughs> I don't have quite the volatile relationship with him that Doug has, but he is, he is most of the time, uh, not bearable to watch. Um, but I think, he, I think there's some moments in his career where he was good. 
Raising Arizona, and that's it. <laughs> Raising Arizona is the best one. All right. Well, uh, Rosemary's Baby next week. Uh, right here, closing down our cult films. And then, if that's not enough to get you to tune in, um, we are also going to be discussing uh, the month of May and a uh, little uh, little hint for you there uh, all of May has been programmed by co-host Kendall that's right um, just like I did in January and Doug did in March uh, Kendall is programming the entire month of May and uh, it is an all Nick Cage it's marathon. a surprise <laughs> oh I'm, I'm out sick that month and probably the month after Oh man, um, it's just Halloween five. Forge a battle axe to fucking murder me. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't blame you. Um, yeah, look like the sticks ass. (laughs) 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 Oh shit! Yeah, and once again, this is fun for everybody because. When Kendall announces what her theme is next month, I mean, I don't even know my damn self. Yeah, we don't know. So, uh, tune in. Next week, we're talking Rosemary's Baby. Kendall's going to announce the first film in her... Uh, you got to name your series, too. Yeah. Oh, I got it. It's important. Oh, sweet. We had Hatchet New Year. And what the rant? <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, but I'm excited to hear about it. And... Uh, you guys should all be excited as well. Should be. All right. Our horn shoe. There's not there's nothing going on. The the writers of Predator are like the latest writers to <laughs> <laughs> the writers of Predator are the latest writers to like sue uh to get, you know, cont- the rights to their shit back or to get paid for them properly. And I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm all with the writers, but you know, it's the same situation as uh, uh, Friday Thirteenth. Friday Thirteenth. At this point, um, you got that going on. Uh, they named uh the Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequel Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and it's a direct sequel. And to... This is the eighth movie in that franchise <laughs> called the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I know. Um, I was thinking a lot about this because. I was just like, this franchise is terrible, so I was thinking this movie would be terrible, but, and maybe it still will be, I don't know, but like, I'm not, like, I don't want to base a movie on, like, what the franchise has done, there's a completely different people making it, so, will it be good? I'm skeptical. Would I like it to be good? Yes, but I just don't know. Um, to me, a direct sequel people are are doing that with everything now and it's just like it either works or it doesn't and i'm just like we've seen it work so maybe let's just maybe let's but i don't know what else you do so they got an idea they're making a movie it's gonna gonna be weird is leatherface gonna be like grandpa in the wheelchair i don't know around and someone's gonna be like swinging his arms with his chainsaw (laughs) that would be great um so he's got to be like he's got to be like in his 60s now leatherface and 60s or 70s and i you know i don't know that a diet of human flesh like keeps you that healthy i really don't know so 
Um, we'll see. Sally's in it. The lady that was in Mandy with the white hair, she's playing Sally. Uh, yeah, she's playing Sally. In this film. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to watch it. Uh, I may could. watch it on down the road, but I'm not I'm not going to go out and check it out when it drops, you know. I'm going to I'm going to. I I'm like interested to see if they I would like for there to be another a third good Leatherface movie. I would too. There's only two good ones. Yeah. Um and also like, you know, we've moved out of the we moved out of like the torture porn phase of movies, which is when the reboot came out. Um, so, you know, maybe, maybe it'll be more psychological. I really have no idea, but I like Fede Alvarez. It should and be. The first one's it. all psychological. Yeah. Fede Alvarez is producing it and, and I like that guy a lot. And, and the people making it are like newcomers to the game. So who knows? Who knows? I, my level of investment is... There's a little gleam of hope there. Yeah, my level of investment is I would like it to be good. Um, but if it's not, I'm going to be like, Same. you know, whatever. I you know, I went to the movie theater and saw Texas Chainsaw 3D, so I'm that guy. <laughs> oh, God, you did? Oh, yeah, it was bad. The movie sucks. so bad. Oh, God. Um, Kendall, you Okay. Yeah, my head is hurting still. Sorry. Mm. Yeah, that's all. That's we'll really all the news. Along. That's really all the news I got. Let's 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 just jump right in. Oh, and Mortal Kombat comes out next week, which I'm active. I'm actively excited about. Hopefully, it should be fun. Looks it, fun. Why not? I mean, I can watch it at home too. So I'm just like, yeah. When I can watch stuff at home, like th- that is way more forgiving than than me going out. And like having to go see it in a movie theater. Like I'm if I watch something at home and I'm like, you know what, that was that was alright. I'm digging the HBO at home shit. I've seen Godzilla versus King Kong five times now, so <laughs> um yeah, I'm pretty pumped about it. I know they're doing um Mortal Kombat, which I'm gonna watch at home. I don't need to go to the theater for that. Uh and uh there's a couple others that I'm pretty interested in. So, all right, man, let's uh, let's kick it on over to rants recommends, folks. This is the portion of the show where we recommend to you uh, other things that we've been enjoying. Sometimes they're movies or shows or books or stores that we've been to or candles that we little like to Debbie's. smell. Yeah, little Debbies. I, I yeah, little Debbies are great. All right, who wants to kick Getting us off? Small. Those little babies. <laughs> they are. They're fucking they are. tiny now. They're tiny, yeah. I bought a box of fudge rounds for the first time in years for my kids, and I pulled one out of the box, and it was like a fucking silver dollar. Well, that's because they don't They're want... They're fucking tiny. I was like, back in my day, yeah, these back... things were this big. Yeah, back in my day, a fudge round was the size of a box fan. <laughs> and I also weighed 400 pounds, so... They're trying. They're trying. I remember in real time getting candy bars at the gas station that I used to work at, and the candy bars that came in were significantly smaller than the ones that were already on the shelves. And I looked at the ounces, and it yeah. was less. Like I mean, we got a shipment of smaller candy bars, and then they never went back to the other and side. The price is the same. Yeah, at the price is going up. What are you talking about? I see what you're doing, big snack. <laughs> yeah, big Twix bar. 
Now a king size is the size of a regular, and a regular is the size of a fun size. And a fun size is like, have you gotten a fun size it's Snickers lately? A fun size lately? is just an empty wrapper. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun. <laughs> you may or may not get candy. <laughs> oh, It's a blind bag. Y'all have fun. <laughs> All Kimberly right. got anything to recommend? Hit me with some recommends. Hit me with your best shot. I got a couple. All right, you, all right. You might say. Um, <laughs> so I watched a couple, uh, couple David Wayne flicks this week. David Wayne. Um, oh yeah. Okay. Which um, ones? Y'all know I I hate a rom com. I just do not like rom coms. Oh my but gosh, I'm already excited. I, I already know what you're gonna say. All right, who's I, David um, Wayne? Uh, he uh, did Wet Hot American Summer and and the all, two movies I'm about to and the movies she's about to. <laughs> oh, I've never seen any of that. Uh, so uh, it was so charming. Both of these were like parodies and like satire parodies oh, I'm of uh, excited. Um, rom-coms, which I found very charming. So uh, I watched They Came Together. I love that movie. I knew you were about to say it. So I good. love that movie. Um, which I liked more than the other movie I watched, but I did I like the them both one? enough to recommend. I watched Wanderlust. Oh, I uh, like Wanderlust. Yeah, they came just, together as a better movie, but uh, yeah, I, I, I've seen that that scene. You know the scene I'm talking about where Paul Rudd's in the mirror and I'm putting You're my gonna dick take in this you. Dick. Yeah, that's so silly. Iconic. I've laughed at that scene so many times, and I have no clue why I've just never watched the movie that it comes from. And now I have. And yeah, I highly recommend they came together and Wanderlust, both really great movies. They do when they're in the fucking bookstore, and Amy Poehler's like, "You like fiction?" And he's like, "Oh, I love fiction." It's like, "Oh my god, never met another <laughs> person that likes fiction before." It's so over the top and oh, silly. Man. I love it. They so came much. together is great. I haven't seen that in a long time. Wanderlust is really good. Um, Wanderlust, I actually have the Blu-ray. I think we bought it on like Black Friday years ago. Um, but the Blu-ray actually, there's so many alternate takes that there's like a whole different version of the movie on the Blu-ray that's completely different lines than the theatrical version of the movie. Like it's the same plot, but like almost every joke is different. Um, and I've never watched it, but now you've made me want to, uh, to check it out. Well, uh, maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'm about to become a rom-com fan. Please save um, me from myself. <laughs> by the way, um, rom-coms are fucking fantastic. And there are, they are like every other genre of film. Uh, you know, they make a lot of money and then people just churn them out and they're terrible. But When Harry Met Sally is a great movie. It's you know, I watched that on at your guys, or maybe just your recommendation a few months ago, and yeah. I liked it. Uh, it's great. What movie? When, when Harry, Harry Met, Met Sally. Sally. Oh, I've never seen that. Oh, my God. It's, it's a classic. It's a great movie. It's hilarious, and it's really good. Um, gosh. Pretty I'm, Woman, I guess. Pretty That's Woman, a classic rom-com. I love... It is pretty good. I love uh, John Porky's? Cusack. Yeah, <laughs> John Cusack had a bunch of them. Uh, Say Anything, one of my favorites. 
Um, oh, I've seen say anything. Yeah. Yeah. And that one's a bit more like dramatic, like coming of age, I guess, but still, um, Oh my gosh, uh, there's so many I'm blank. I mean, Knocked Up, technically a rom-com. It's just yeah. Judd Apatow's version of a rom-com. Fool's Gold? Fool's Gold, I didn't see. Um, I did see Failure to Launch, and also How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Um, I don't know. I'll make you I'll make you a list. Please sister, do. Because there are some fucking really good ones. Uh <laughs> It's. I, I sounded I like sarcastic, it. but for real. No, I mean a recent one, which was really good. Please do. A recent one, which was really good, was Long Shot with Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron. It's great because they they reverse it because she's like really smart and like put together, and he like and basically she has the guy role where she's like I don't have time for a relationship. And he's like the one that's like seeking her. And so they just kind of reverse everything. Um, it's really well done, but it's also really charming and sweet and funny. I, well, like I hate to just be. She's out of my league is good. <gasps> She's out of my league is a great one. That's a great one, Kendall. I'm, I think I maybe have seen that one. With, with Jay Baruchel? Yes. yes. Yeah. Is that the one there's like a lot of Star Wars stuff? No. No, that's, that's, um, that's fanboys. Fuck. That is fanboys. Okay. She's out of my league. No, this is Jay Verschel and what's that blonde girl's name? Ooh, is it Alicia Alice Kirk? something? I don't know what her no, name is. No, it's a British girl. She's in Star Trek 2. I don't like, know. Well, I hate to be poo-pooing an entire genre of film because There's good ones. of shit like How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Oh, yeah. No. See, that's all, like, and people love that, too, but... um. There's so many good ones. I'm gonna I'm gonna go through my. We got a bunch in the basement. I'm gonna go through them. Um, Ten Things I Hate About You is a movie I love, uh, and it, again, it falls into like a high school movie, but it's fucking great. It's I don't great. know how I feel about that one. I've seen oh, it several times. I maybe I need to revisit these as an adult. It's great. She's yes. all that. Oh, she's all that. What's the? Uh, I like she's all that. Um. I, I, I like all this stuff. I wish they made these kind of movies now. They don't anymore. Long shot was kind of recent, but <clears throat> the age of the thirty million dollar rom com by a studio just is just dead. That's too bad. Well, I'm. Well, I got one. Uh, I got one more <laughs> recommend. <laughs> Um, kind of out of left field here, but I watched a documentary called Too Funny to Fail, The Life and Death of the Dana Carvey Show. Weird. And I've never heard boy, of this. Is it wholesome and a, a good old time? I um, love Dana Carvey. I do too. I do too. Um, yeah, I had never even, uh, I don't know. I don't know why I hadn't seen this before. Um, I know... I. I, for a minute, it looked familiar, but it's because, I mean, I have seen a bunch of clips from the Dana Carvey show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's a very charming little documentary. I highly recommend it. It was a good time. I'd be into it. I also love Dana Carvey. I don't like the master disguise, but. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. You know, every fucking every fucking evangelical teen loved that movie. Everyone I went to church with when I was a kid, they were like, oh my God, this is 
This is the funniest movie ever made. You know why it's great? It's because it's clean. There's a lot of clean comedy here. Turtle? That's the funniest thing I've ever seen. <sighs> yes. Yes. Mm-mm. Every church youth group showed that one Wednesday night. That's a fact. <laughs> oh, I've got another. I'm just remembered. I'm sorry. I watched another documentary called The Orange Years, The Nickelodeon Story. Ooh. On Hulu. It was great. Oh, I saw that uh, on Hulu. I didn't watch it, but I saw it's it really as good. My, I, I, I was be, getting to something for my kids. I would be into that because I watched a lot of Nickelodeon when I was a kid. Did they? A ton. Do they talk about Snick? Uh, briefly. Oh, Snick needs its own documentary. I mean, they cover. I mean, point A to present. Like, yeah, it's all there. It's cool. all that. Ways into the Hidden Temple. Space cases. You know, maybe I fell asleep for a few minutes. (laughs) I fucking love space cases. I fucking love space cases. Space cases. I was so obsessed with space cases because it was like Star Trek for kids. I don't Um, know what that is. Oh, dude, it's bad. I still remember how weird those prosthetics were and how unnerving they were because they were so bad. But I loved that show. I did, too. Basically, even as like a six year old, I was like, that don't look right. Basically, (laughs) like it's basically like Lost in Space meets Star Trek. And this ship of students gets accidentally warped across the galaxy. And then it's going to take them five years to get back home. And so then they just have, you know star trek type adventures but the production quality is poor <laughs> it's bad it's not, but it's so good I, I didn't have cable growing up as a kid uh i literally didn't get cable until i was like in my 20s but um i would go to my grandma's house when we visit her once or twice every two weeks or something like that and i would go in the other room and just like overload on nickelodeon because that was the only time i get to watch it so i'd get all my ren and stimpy in and and uh, you know, Legends of the Hidden Temple and all that shit. I loved, I loved the game shows. Like honestly, like Double Dare, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Double Dare. There's a lot of Double Dare. Guts. Mark Summers so is cool. one Double of the like, people that they did a lot of interviews, like a long interview with for that. It's I, great. There was that one game where you had to play arcade games, like in the game. Um, yeah, um, Nick Arcade. Nick Arcade. And so I remember as a I kid, I remember as a kid being like, man, it looks so fucking cool. Wish I could just play arcade games in a game show. And then like you watch it now and you're just like, oh, okay, this is all right. <laughs> like I could just play these, all these games now. <laughs> but when I was a kid, that seemed so fucking cool to me. I'm like, who wants to go on Jeopardy? Ugh, Nick Arcade. I might get to play Rampage for a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to watch this documentary. I love, I fucking love Nickelodeon. It's long. It's like, it, yeah. Is it like a Camp it's Crystal a Lake memories? <laughs> Ten hour Very condensed. It's like, it's a couple hours. Yeah, I want to watch it. It's great. I know I fell asleep for like a 10 minute stretch of it, then I had to have missed a ton because it's dense. I need to go back and try to find where I missed. Not um, because it's boring, because I'm fucking exhausted. No, I feel you. Are those all yeah, your recommends? All got it. That's right. it. Douglas, you got anything this week? Yeah, I got a couple things. Um, 
the last drive-in came back last night, and uh, it was a good one. Yeah, I didn't watch it, but it I've never so seen much fun. either movie that they've... Um, it was Mother's Day, and... Um, House God by damn it, the I'm cemetery. blanking on the... House by the Cemetery, yeah, yeah. Fulci. Um, he had Eli Roth on there talking, and that... I love hearing that dude talk. He seems like the coolest dude. <laughs> His do movies too. are super hit or miss with me, though. But he just seems like a cool guy to hang out with. Dude, that's what I have like this. So I turned it on to see what he was watching, and it was Mother's Day, which I'd never seen. But I watched a chunk of the in between segment with Eli Roth, and I was thinking the same thing. I'm just like, man, I like this guy. Like, I like his knowledge of horror movies and his passion for it. And I just like him. I think he's cool. But then when he makes a movie, I'm just like, eh, it's not for me. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm highly recommend checking that out every every Friday. Episode one, season three, episode one just started. And um, can't wait to see what he's talking about next week. Yeah, I, I love Joe Bob's season. I love the theme song. Gets me all excited. I love... I just love whatever crazy shit comes out of Darcy's grown on me. I, I really like her now. I couldn't oh, stand I like her at first when they were doing the specials. When she'd come on screen, I just feel like, go away, you're dumb. But she's grown on me a lot. Probably because she has more to say and stuff instead of just like, hey, blah, 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 here's a dumb skit. She also knows her stuff, too. Like, that's the thing I dig she about does. Darcy. She, she does. She knows her stuff. And, like, yeah, Lisa and I, like, I guess I, like I, I didn't hate her as a person i hated her dumb skits on yes. the show at first I anyway what were you saying i'm sorry no i was just saying like we're we're our house is big darcy fans yeah um i also went back and um i'm a huge fan of uh last podcast on the left it's oh, my yeah. favorite podcast i've been listening to them since they came out for over 10 years now and um they've been doing every tuesday they do last stream on the left which was always on adult swim and they started that like four years ago mm-hmm. and adult swims um internet content shut down they just they, they stopped doing it so they moved to their patreon page which the next day on on wednesdays they release on youtube for free so i've been i downloaded the old uh, adult swim roku thing and all that old shit's still on there. I don't know if they just haven't gotten hip to it yet and taken it down, but all their old streams are on there. I've been visiting all the old ones, watching the new ones. So um, even if you don't listen to last uh, last podcast on the left, it's just three friends just sitting around shooting the shit. Their podcast is really well. It's a true crime podcast. Yeah. But the last stream is them just fucking around and having fun. And it's, it's real funny. So if uh, you get on YouTube, you can catch a couple old ones on YouTube. But um, if you have a Roku, download the Adult Swim thing because they're all on there, all four years of them. So uh, I've been sitting and watching those at night before I go to bed. So nice, just good times. Great yeah, I've movies. like I've listened to them off and on for a while now, but and I've seen like photos of them before, but I've never seen videos of them so i don't know who's who like sounds like what i gotta see videos of these guys talking that's gonna blow my mind it's three white dudes 
Man, I'm so oh, sick just of like every other podcast. I'm so on sick the of podcasts of three white people just hanging out talking about shit that nobody cares about. What a what a tired format for a show. <laughs> hey, uh, I, all jokes aside, their podcast is they joke around because they're comedians, but their shit is extremely well researched, and they know what they're talking about but they just like to cut up in between the facts and stuff. It's, it's a good listen and it's a good uh, stream. If you can catch it and shit, it's real good. Yeah, they can make three long episodes about Joseph Mengele bearable. <laughs> yeah, man. That was a great series. The Mengele yeah. series. Was or so the Unsharike uh, Japanese death cult, which is some of the most hardcore shit you'll ever hear in your life, but <laughs> with levity in it. It's all these, these. This cult did a bunch of fucking war crimes to people, uh, just to just to see what would happen to the human body. All kinds of weird tests and shit, stuff you couldn't even fucking think of in your head right this second. Not only did they think of it, but they added layers to it. And done did Fucked it. Up. <laughs> Fucked up. This is upsetting me. Yeah, I don't think you'd like <laughs> it. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> Just weird because I like watching a movie where a guy's head gets squished like a fucking grape, but well, you know when it happens in, when it happens in real life, I'm like, oh, oh it hurts me. I get very sensitive. Oh, and one more recommend, and I'll shut up. Um, speaking of last podcast, one of the hosts, Marcus, has another podcast he started with his wife, but it's all about music he's a he's a musician and he's like really into music when he's not talking about true crime and it's super super awesome it's called no dogs in space it's on spotify they broke it down in the seasons and the first season is all about punk rock and they cover a lot of bands that i love and uh, they just started season 1.5 which is going to be like a transition episode into their next season and it's about the beastie boys Ooh. And they have two episodes out about them right now, and it's really fucking good. Interesting. So, what is so, it like? If you like music? Check it out. What do you say? I'm sorry. So I, I'm just trying. So, what do they do? Like, they talk about like. What do they talk about? Like, do they just like give you like the history of the? Beastie they go. Boys? The, it's super in depth uh, about the the bands that pretty much started punk rock. Okay. And uh, at the end of the season, they there's a wraparound thing that I didn't even realize there was a wraparound thing. And they talk about the influence of all these bands and how they shape the fucking world. Yeah. So it's it's really fucking cool. It, it really cool. pays off if you listen to all of it. I mean, you can go and pick all your favorite bands. Like there's a there's an Iggy Pop and the Stooges uh, series of episodes. There's the Ramones. There's the Misfits. There's the Damned. Um, but if you listen to all of them, it all ties in on that last episode and I didn't see that coming and it was really cool. Nice. Just, it's just well thought out and it's just, it's really fucking good. That sounds cool. What's it called? No dogs in space. No dogs in space. The name is like an inside joke. Got it. (laughs) And that's all I got. That's good. Um, all right. This week I rewatched, uh, Hell or High Water, which is a movie with, uh, yeah, uh, 
Chris Ben Pine. Foster. Yeah, Ben Foster and Jeff Bridges. Um, it's just a modern day western uh, about two brothers robbing these banks that tried to fuck over their mom and steal her land. That is a good movie. A I, it just dawned movie. on me what that was. Yeah, it's great. Um, I was thinking it was something else. That guy Taylor Sheridan wrote it, and he wrote that, and he wrote Sicario, and he wrote and directed Wind River. Mac and me. Yes, <laughs> um, he's the, he plays the kid in the wheelchair. Um, <laughs> he plays me. Credited <laughs> 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 as me. <laughs> Um, and he created this show Yellowstone, which is like a, this is a hot thing right now. I haven't seen it because there's a bunch of episodes of it. And based on everything that he's made, I feel like is I'm Robert like Duvall it. in that. I th- think Kevin Costner is definitely in it. Um, but if Robert, I Duvall, I've heard of this, if Robert Duvall is getting his pecker in the dirt in this show, then <laughs> I'm gonna need to what movie is that from open range, open range. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, it's a, it's another modern day western, but it's done in, as a series. But man, I like everything this guy writes and makes. So, um, I'll get around to it one day. I just know that I'm probably gonna like it, and then I'm gonna be stuck watching it a bunch of episodes or something. So, um. But anyway, Hell or High Water is like my. I don't know. I really like Sicario too, but Hell or High Water might be my favorite thing that he's written. Um. Good. I also, I showed my son The Princess Bride this week, um, which I was like... Oh, my kids love that movie. That's yeah, you told me that, movie. and I was like, all right, I'm going to show Grayson, and then I was just like, but I never know what he's going to connect with and what he doesn't. He gets super into shit that I had no idea he would care about, and then stuff where I'm like, this is tailor-made for you, he like just bounces right off of him. Um, but it was my turn to pick he a movie. care about Princess Bride? I do. He loved it. Um, that was, I was nervous to show it to him because like when he gets bored with stuff, like he ruins it. So, um, (laughs) no, I just didn't want him to get restless and not care. And I would just, you know, then I wouldn't have felt like finishing it, but no, dude, he loved it. Like he just was totally wrapped up in it. Um, and it's one of my favorites and like the 4k, like, the 4k like transfer of it is i mean just unbelievable um yeah that's one of those movies if it's on uh it'll be watched it's so fucking good it's so and like i said it's my wife's all-time favorite movie it's it's one of mine when i remember being a kid and like (laughs) it's so funny to watch it as an adult because i remember being a kid and like certain parts of it like freaking me out um and the rat yeah and then being like grayson Grayson got freaked out by the rats and um, after it was over after they got out of the swamp Grayson goes man that was intense <laughs> I'm just <laughs> like you're five <laughs> um, but now he loved it and I was really excited that we got to watch it together um, what else uh, I watched a movie called Minari which is like nominated for a bunch of awards it has Stephen Yen in it from the walking dead is this the one where the the little boy won an award and has the most adorable little accept acceptance speech no what is that <laughs> no I, I don't know i mean there's an adorable little boy in it but i don't remember him winning any sort of award 
I gotta look this up. Okay. Yeah. It I don't sounds right. I don't know. Um, I don't I don't think he won an award that I'm aware of. Um but anyway, it's about a Korean family that moves to Arkansas to like start a farm and try to make it it's in it takes place in the eighties, I believe. Um trying to make it in America and uh man, fuck. It's it's really good. And Steven Yeun is like legit great in it. Isn't he nominated for best actor for it? Yeah, he is. Um I remember I ran across something and it said that he was nominated for something and I was like, fucking I don't know what you're nominated for, but you deserve it. You're good in everything that you've been in. He I've is. only seen you in a handful of things. Yeah. But he's he, been fucking great in all of them. Dude, he he's he's really good in this and like everyone's great in it. Like there's there's even like a little kid in it that's like one of those just like really great like child actors. It's just it's really good. I liked it a lot. It was a it was a critics choice award. Alan Kim. Oh, you're um, talking about you're talking about in real life. I thought you were saying that he won an award in the film. Oh no, sorry. I thought you were saying like he won a spelling bee or something, and I'm just like, no, nah, I don't think he doesn't win any awards. <laughs> I'm not okay. seeing the movie, but I've seen the footage of this whatever, and it is one of the most precious things I've ever seen. I haven't seen it, but okay. I'll send you guys the link. Okay, yeah, I thought you, I thought you were talking about in the movie. I'm like, no, he's no. He doesn't. Then when he just moves to Arkansas, um. <laughs> anyway, uh, I liked that movie a lot. It was really good. Um, I'm trying to think if I watched anything else. I don't think so. I don't think so. If I did, it'll come back to me. But um, I did read a couple of books. Um, one this week. When I finished this past week. I have one of them right here. Read this little book by Stephen King called Desperation. By little, I mean 700 pages. Um, mm-hmm. And um, it's pretty good. I'll say that like the monster that is in it is like one of my favorite monsters that he's ever made. Um, and the first, I don't know, 30 or 40 pages are so intense and like really scary. Um, especially, um, in, you know, a year where, you know, police just continue to murder people for no reason. Um, a really intense, scary cop scene is, uh, really unsettling to read right now. Um, however, sweet, sounds fun. Yeah, no, it's really fucked up and scary. Um, but the hero of the book is God specifically a little boy yes specifically a little boy who speaks to god like a teenage boy who prays and there is so much god in this book that i'm like this book must have sold millions of copies in the middle of this country because holy shit like literally a kid has a vision from god and he makes everyone else like listen to him and all these adults are like well your god must be real because he knew about this i mean it the middle of the book turns into heaven is real. And then, uh, I don't know what the fuck. I can only imagine. Dude, I'm not kidding. There is when, so much. When was this book published? I mean, 1996, I think, or 95. 96. Um, and Stephen King, not a religious person. 
so that I'm aware of. I mean, he he writes about religion sometimes, but it's usually like this is the only book I'm aware of, and and I haven't read all of his books. So somebody correct me if I'm wrong. It's the only book I'm aware of where God saves the fucking day. Like literally, it's God's will that all these people fucking. And he didn't even do that in the Bible. No, <laughs> I dude, I huge turn off. Like the book is really well written, but like the the little boy who prays to God and saves the day, like that sucks. I'm sorry. Like if the book ended, <laughs> if the book ended the exact same way, like what the characters do is compelling, but the fact that they're all driven by God to do it is fucking infuriating. Um, there is a sister book to hey, this. Steven, less Jesus shit, more Satan shit. Dude, it is so fucking religious. Like even in the stand, like sister Abigail is like praying and like getting visions from God and shit all the time. But like no one ever really buys into it. And like people's choices seem to be their own. Like this is like God makes people do stuff in this book and that's how they survive. And it's a bummer because the monster in this thing is fucking cool. But everything that everything they do to stop it is a huge bummer because it's just like it was God's will that they survived. And I just hated it. Um, I remember I was like, man, this is, is real. really showing, telling you that God's the, the real monster. <sighs> well, there's a lot of that dialogue in there, Doug. Um, but you know, it doesn't matter. Cause in the end, fucking God saves the day. Um, there's a sister book to this. So this was like a weird thing he did where he released one book called desperation as Stephen King. He released another book under his Richard Bachman pseudonym after people already knew the jig was up. Uh, and called it's perspiration. Called, called The Regulators. And it's a similar story that takes place in an alternate universe. So it's all the, yeah, it's all the same characters, but like, it's all the same character names, but they're like different people. But I don't know. I can't find enough information about it. Like, if it's all Jesus-y, I'm not down. Um, the same monster is in it, so maybe the book is good. But if there's as much Jesus in the regulators, maybe as it's there told is, from the monster's perspective. Th- <sighs> so, would you recommend Desperation? Man, <laughs> if you don't mind, Jesus, if you don't mind Jesus being the hero, then yeah, check it out. Because the monster, I'm telling you, <laughs> and literally the time we in the time we live in, so. You don't know that you don't really know it's a monster right away because what you're dealing with is this crazy cop who pulls people over and just like murders them or takes them in for no reason. And it is really unsettling and really timely the way Stephen King's books always seem to be. Um, it's like that's always happened and there's always been a reference has. for that. And he taps mm-hmm. into these American horrors that are true. But the way to fix that is to not pray to God. And that's like a big problem I have in this time as well. Thoughts and prayers. So like, it is so weird that it is so weird that in 96, he wrote a book, um, about a murderous cop that they pray and stop with Jesus magic. And I'm just like, that doesn't work. And it's kind of a bad text to exist right now because I'm like, that's not a good I mean, I would, I would. Him making fun of that because thoughts and the thoughts and prayers people have always been there, because it's just a cheap way to say like, oh, I'm thinking about you without you actually actually do any fucking work. 
Yeah, I mean, I would be with you, but it, there's nothing satirical about it. <laughs> it fucking like mm. it's a, okay. there miracles happen in this book, Doug, um, and and everyone's mind is blown by it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Ted Cruz didn't bring this book to the fucking Senate floor next week, and he was like, "See, God saved these people from the guns, and that's what." We'll do it again. He's not reading books. No, he's not. <laughs> um, he's eating them. Um, anyway, uh, desperation. It's really well written, but if you got it, like if you don't want to hear about Jesus showing up and saving everybody, um, you know, maybe read the first chapter because it's haunting. Um, I also read a book by Elmore Leonard called Swag. Um, it's a very short, Elmore Leonard wrote a, wrote a bunch of like Westerns and crime novels. Um, a lot of them have been turned into movies, uh, like out of sight and, uh, get shorty. And, uh, he even created the character Raylan, which is like the star of that TV show justified. Um, that was on FX for years. So, um, you know, he's just a well known highly regarded like author of crime fiction in America. Um, and he wrote this book in the seventies called swag. Um, and it's super dope. Like it's like really short. Uh, you can read it in like one sitting pretty much. Um, and, uh, I read the whole thing in one day and it's just, uh, it's just two guys who get together and they just start fucking robbing places and, you know, and then it eventually goes bad as those types of relationships tend to, um, really well written, like super tight, minimalistic on his prose, like just doesn't, there's not a lot of horse shit in there. Unlike, and I love uncle Steve, but oof, I mean, he keeps holding the book up. People yeah, are listening. This, to this is for you guys. <laughs> um, like it's the home shopping. Network. This, is, this is a reference <laughs> for you guys. That's a big fucking book because uncle Steve, he just likes to take a stroll through his imagination. Um, but Elmore Leonard, very concise. He's got no time for froofy bullshit. Uh, it's just two guys and they're out robbing shit. It's a great story. Um, I loved it. I loved it. Did he do, uh, hell or high water? Is that why you watched it? No, I just love, oh, okay. I know, I just love that movie. I've been wanting to watch it for weeks, and um, I woke up super early today, like, just couldn't sleep any later, and uh, I was like, you know what, I'm, I, I usually wake up and write every morning, um, but today I was like, you know what, I'm just going to relax, it's Saturday, I'm not going to do anything, and I was like, I want to watch this movie, and I turned it on, and I was like, oh, I'm going to go make myself some coffee, and I couldn't get up from the fucking movie, because it's so good. Hell or High Water is so good. I watched an hour of it before I got up to make coffee. Because it just starts with that first bank robbery and it just fucking goes. Um, great movie. Anyway, uh, that's all I got to recommend. Couple movies, couple books. You know what I got? Uh-oh. Oh, shit. I got some out of context show notes. <laughs> you know, we're going to make it short and sweet this week. Each of us has a an out-of-context show note. Just three. We got from Caleb, tugging your little prick. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, love that that's my, I love that that's my note. 
from Kindle, we've got Goopy Leather Daddy. Ooh, yes, mm. I like Goopy Leather Daddy. And from Doug, this one's my favorite. He they just shit said. in them. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they're so goopy. Goopy Leather Daddy sounds like a beard ointment. <laughs> it does. Oh, man. They just shit in them. They just shit in them. <laughs> Doug's, Doug's are always my favorite. Elise loves the out of context show notes, by the way. And I am I would assume anyone else does, too. Now, Elise doesn't listen to this show, and she never will. Um, she's only married to me. Um, she gets this 24-7, so, I mean, I can't blame her, I guess. Uh, but she loves the notes, and she said she likes to try to figure out who said what, and she's usually pretty accurate. Um, but, yeah, so... Um, Keep the out-of-context notes coming, because people like that. And if you do like it, um, Doug, where can they find us on the internet? Well, they can hit us up at carpenterantspod at gmail.com. We're on Facebook and Instagram, Carpenterants Podcast. Just search it and like it, follow it, whatever you do on them things. Mm-hmm. Um, send us messages. What do you like? What's your problem? Let us know. <laughs> What's your problem? <laughs> yeah, we're also here to help solve, you know, your personal issues. Miss Laura's <laughs> back. I hadn't talked to her in a hot minute, and she she hopped on the other day and was all like, wait, what happened to the Val Luton movie you were going to do? And I was like, well. <laughs> well. Actually, since, since we've been recording, I got a notification that popped up. that She just commented on something about an hour ago. So. Oh, nice. okay. Hey, Miss Laura. Um, you know, people don't, people don't interact that much with the Instagram page, but they're liking the stuff I'm making. I'm trying to make content for it. Um, that yeah, I think Caleb's is, back on the Instagram page. It was, know, it was laying dead for a, a second there, but it's back. Yeah. I I'm trying to, I'm trying. Um, you know, what happened was is we were like so fucking slammed at work for the whole year of COVID. I would just Life come happens, home and, dude, it's all good. and just be dead. But I, you know, I like making silly pictures and I'm trying to like, I'm trying to like incorporate the show notes too. So there's, there's content to be found on the Instagram page. Yeah, it's there. And people are liking it. You know, they're not getting a lot of like, I'm not getting a lot of interaction with people, but they seem to be enjoying the silliness. And you can find us on iTunes and Spotify and Google podcasts, and Stitcher and all that good shit. Uh, tell a friend share the links yes share it we greatly appreciate it share the links we've been doing this for fucking 90 years (laughs) share the links that helps unbelievably you have no idea how much also they say that the itunes ratings and comments are huge so if you're listening to this leave a review only a positive one keep that negative shit to yourself yeah if you're listening to this itunes go review it and give us a rating and if you're not listening to it on itunes but you have access to itunes Maybe you just don't like that app. Who cares? Just hop over there, give us a rating real fast. If you're if you're a fan of this show, it would help us out greatly. Hit the follow button on Spotify. That'll raise our numbers up too. Yeah, it's uh you know, these are all ways that you can, because we are coming up on our fourth year of doing this show. Almost at two hundred episodes. It's crazy. It's crazy to think about. I just got a Facebook memory. Uh, for the Ward episode, and I went back and I listened to it, and that was silly as shit. And that was just me and Doug talking about the Ward, and that was so long ago. 
Um, gotta be three years ago at this point. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah we, we both still lived in Memphis then. Yes. We, we've been doing this for a long time. We plan to keep doing it, but, uh, I would greatly appreciate if you guys would share it in any way you can. You, you got a freak in your family that loves horror movies. You know, you do. So just hip them to the goodness. Got a goopy leather daddy? You got a goopy leather daddy in your life. <laughs> Let you know you do. <laughs> um, all right, yeah. Uh thank you for listening. Look, next week, big one. We're coming back, Rosemary's baby, uh, to close out our cult podcast. Um, and then Kendall's gonna announce whatever the month of May is gonna be. Um, you know, it's uh do what now? nothing. Oh, okay. I got sunshine. <laughs> yeah. I got sunshine. Yeah, go um it is uh it's Halloween five, the revenge of Michael Mayers. It's uh, it's that movie for the whole month of what? May. That's right. Um no, I'm excited to find out My what fan it is. fiction? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Slash fiction. Um Goopy Leather Daddy and Michael Myers. <laughs> they have a baby. <laughs> Uh, don't ask us how um all right yep find out next week when we watch rosemary's baby find out what we're doing in may it's gonna be exciting uh until then uh hit us up all the places where doug said you could find us um and that's all i got man thank you for listening we do appreciate it uh we've been the nobodies i'm caleb i'm doug i'm kendall keep on reading Thank you for listening to the Carpenter Rants. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podbean. And Spotify.